Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church on Edisto Island. It's good to see everybody this morning and we particularly like to welcome out any new visitors. Do we have someone that's never been here before? If so, please raise your hand. We got a little gift for you to a uh, little history of the church and hope you'll enjoy it. And it might remind you to come back to visit. Should you need it, there's a restroom through the door on the right-hand side of the sanctuary. There are friendship registers in each pew. If you would please make a note of your attendance with us today, and if you uh, have any interest in the church, please make a note there, and we'll, someone will be glad to get in touch with you. The nursery is in the mission center next door, and all children six and under welcome any time during the service. Our guest organist this morning is Paula Carr. Paula shared with us a number of times, and uh, we're grateful to have you, Paula. Thank you. The flowers in this morning are given to the glory of God by Brenda Allen in honor and memory of the wedding anniversary of Margaret Goodman and Julian Allen on August the 24th, 1949, in the sanctuary. Building and Grounds Committee will need volunteers this Thursday to help spread mulch for the uh, preschool playground. So if you can help out, I'm sure it'd be appreciated. If you can bring a rake, a shovel, and a wheelbarrow, or a wheelbarrow, or whatever, you could help. The Saturday, this Saturday's annual Presbytery Steps event has a lot of wonderful workshops available. There's more information in your bulletin. Everyone's invited today to a creek float and hot dog cookout at Betty Bryant's at 3.30. Details are in your bulletin and we hope to see you in Beth Terrace as a communist
You may be seated. We sang together that God is our maker, defender, redeemer, and friend. Friends, let us believe what we say as we turn to our friend in confession, knowing that it is God who makes us and defends us, and it is the same God that will redeem us when we misstep. We pray now together, saying, O God of mercy, we confess that we live self-centered lives. We tolerate injustice and cruelty, complacent in our corner of the world. We neglect the needs of others. In your righteousness, deliver us and rescue us. Turn us to your way and lead us in your light that we might serve you and care for all of creation. May we confess our sins silently. Amen. May we stand together for the assurance. The Lord is our hope and our trust, our light and salvation. Believe the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. Please be seated. Please bow for the prayer of illumination. Almighty God, you know us better than we know ourselves. By your word, give us wisdom. By your spirit, grant us healing and set us free to serve you with love. We ask this through the one who heals in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from Isaiah 58, verses 9 through 14. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, 
If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interest on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it not going your own ways, serving your own interest and pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite any children present this morning to come forward and join me on the communion benches. Good morning. Good morning. You want to come join us down here, Grace? Perfect. So I, w- I was wondering today if you guys already know what you want to be when you grow up. Do you already know what you want to do with your life? You don't? Okay, Grace? Grace is going to grow up to be a butterfly. I think that is lovely. Yeah. You know what you want to be? Ooh, we've got a budding zoologist. You must love animals. Very good. Uh, Maddie and Emmy, do you know yet? Not yet? Well, I wondered if when you were just a teeny tiny baby, if you already had an idea of what you would do or, or what you would become. Do you think I have a picture of this baby here? Do you think this baby knew what she might do when she got older? No, you don't think so? Well, I can tell you, I promise she didn't know. And she certainly didn't think she was going to become a minister. That was totally out of the question. No, but, but someone did know what this baby would do and what this baby would become. Let's see, I have another picture. Here's another baby. Do you think this baby knew what she would do or become? Let's ask her. Linda Manus. Did you know that you would be the clerk of session one day? In her heart, but not her head. Very good. Very good. No, we don't always know the plans that God has for us. But God does have plans for us, even when we're babies, even when we're still, it says, in our mother's wombs. God already has a plan for us, and God wants to nurture us and take care of us so that, Grace, we can even blossom and bloom into something new, just like a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Yeah, God has plans for us and cares for us even when we're little so that we can become the person that God intends for us to be.
So we're going to read some more scripture. We've already heard one passage from the Old Testament, but we're going to read some more. And I want to talk with the big kids in here today that, that God is constantly watering us and nurturing us so that we can become the person that God intends, even if we don't know it ourselves. You might not know today, and you, who knows what you will become, and I hope, I hope I'll be around to find out. Let's have a prayer together. Let's bow our heads. Dear God, we thank you for loving us and for caring for us from the time that we are just an infant in arms and through our entire lives. Help us to grow into your likeness so that we become the people that you have called us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can return to your pew, or if your parents would like, you can go to the nursery. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel according to Luke, reading from chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Hear God's word to us again this day. Now, as Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years, she was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which to work, which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things being done by him. Amen. Let us pray. Seeing God, you have searched us and known us from the beginning. Forgive us. Awaken us to the ways our patterns encourage us to go through the motions or even play act our life with you. You have called us to be a people of salvation, of liberation. May we learn from your word what that means, what that looks like, how it feels. So disrupt us once again and help us to pay attention to the ways that you are making yourself known and calling us out toward justice and peace 
to the life that you intend for us. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. I have a very small herb garden. It's at the back of the manse. And I was excited to plant it this year because I hadn't done it in several years and I was feeling ready, committed. So when it started to warm up this spring, I purchased my plants and got them all situated. At the beginning of the summer, I was watering them every single day, sometimes even twice a day. They needed a lot of attention. I even bothered the guest minister who stayed in the manse this summer to make sure he was watering my plants because I didn't want to come home to dead basil. He must have done a good job because when I got home early in June, I had to buy some bigger pots to replant several items that had grown substantially. My watered garden, my fresh herbs, they brought me great joy. Now it's getting on to the end of the summer. Kids went back to school last week and life has once again gotten very busy. This weekend I went out and I took stock of my herb garden and I have to confess, it doesn't look so good. All of my vigor and excitement for taking care of it early this summer has faded. The last month or so I've not done much for it. I've let other things take my time and attention and honestly I just plain got lazy. I beg of you, please, no one tell Dr. Holloway after I hounded him that I have let the basil just about die. I salvaged what I could yesterday. Hopefully things will pick back up, get healthy again, given a second chance, as I once again try to recommit to taking care of my little herb garden. I don't have a green thumb, I never have, nor do I know much about gardening, but I've always had this romanticized dream that I would have this lush and beautiful yard full of flowers and edibles. I imagine a place much like the ancient hanging gardens in Babylon or even the garden of the Biltmore. Oh, how wonderful that would be. And then I realized that it takes lots of full-time employees tending those plants day and night to achieve this magnificent of a garden. So I decided to be happy with just a few pots on my back porch, with which even these I struggle to take care of regularly. In fact, the reason that I didn't have an herb garden for the last several years is because I'd just given up. I just couldn't be bothered to keep up with it. Apparently, I'm a pretty predictable gardener. I get excited, I plant my garden, I watch it, and I keep it watered, and then I begin to lose attention and get lazy, and I kill the plants. I feel bad about killing the plants, so I try to recover them, only to eventually toss them out, live without a, a garden, and regret my mistakes. But then that cycle starts again. I was reflecting on this cycle as I was reading the scripture passages for this Sunday. 
The lectionary has paired together a prophecy from Isaiah with Jesus's miracle of healing a crippled woman. Now both passages connect pretty easily because they both mention the Sabbath. And so initially that was the direction I thought we would go today because there's a lot of meaning and truth that we can find from focusing on our command to keep the Sabbath. However, in brief, just look again at these two passages and what they actually say about the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't really about not working. It's about liberation. It's about finding a time to take delight in the Lord. It's not selfish time, me time. In fact, it's the opposite of that. It's a time that Isaiah says, it's a time to refrain from pursuing your own interests or affairs. Ultimately, I decided because we're gonna talk more about the Sabbath next Sunday, because it's the topic of our Presbyterian Women's Bible Study that will kick off next week, I ultimately decided that I wanted to put our focus somewhere different today. I want to begin instead with this phrase that was quickly passed over the first time I read Isaiah. You shall be like a watered garden. What's a watered garden? Well, I've learned the hard way too many times by not watering the garden. A watered garden is simply one that's cared for. It's loved. And because it's cared for and loved, a watered garden has the opportunity to live and even produce plants or flowers or fruit, new life. Here in Isaiah and also in the Psalms and in other places of our Bible, the image of a watered garden becomes significant. It's a simile for how we are to be or how we are to become. You shall be like a watered garden. We shall be loved, taken care of. We are tended, after all, by the great gardener. Now, earlier in Isaiah, in chapter 55, which we will sing parts of in our closing hymn today, The prophet declares that God will water the earth, making it bud and flourish, so that yields. Reading further in this passage, this time a metaphor is evoked because this watering is done, but likened to giving us the word. This watering is done in the form of the word, which goes out from God to God's people, and Isaiah says, accomplishes its purpose. With God's word, Isaiah 55 says, quote, we will go out in joy, be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills were burst into song before you, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. So a watered garden 
is the goal. Where we are rich in the word and faithful to the God who leads us out in joy and forth in peace. In this metaphor, even the earth itself is joyful because it too is taken care of. It's taken care of because in the word that is watered upon us, we find that we are called to be stewards of the earth and all that is in it. So just like a watered garden, the plants that are watered, they live and they have the opportunity to yield new life. We, as those watered, share God's goodness to the earth and all that is in it. The word challenges us to take care of the earth and the people. And we can do that when we are loved, when we are taken care of. And God is watering and watering and watering, constantly pouring out his word into our hearts. So the world should be pretty saturated, right? Why then are we not living in those hanging gardens of Babylon, surrounded by beauty and new birth and growth? Why does the world not look like the gardens of the Biltmore? If we're so saturated, how come every day I'm not going out in joy or being led forth in peace, if I'm honest? I think that we have particular patterns that we might need to address. Much like my herb garden, I need to pay attention to my part in this process, in this cycle, in this watering. In reading a commentary on this passage, another pastor said that the people of Israel, they're a predictable bunch. The cycles of their life with God are our cycles of life with God. Faithfulness over time leads to apathy. Apathy leads to laziness. Laziness leads to unfaithfulness. And unfaithfulness, well, it leads to trouble. Trouble then leads to us crying out to God. Crying out to God leads to whining that God is obviously not hearing us. And whining leads to those prophets having to remind us and call out and set us straight once again. And the prophetic word, the word watered down, leads us to repentance. And repentance leads us to faithfulness. And the cycle begins again. We're a predictable bunch. I think sometimes we allow the word to just pour down over us, watering us. You know, we come to worship and we sit and listen in a pew and we sing some hymns and we put some money in a plate and then we go to lunch feeling very satisfied. We've done our part. We've received the word here, so surely God is impressed. As I was watering the almost dead basil yesterday, 
I was watching the water. I've got it in a basket that's um, on the rail of the back porch. And once the soil in that basket is fully saturated, it begins to seep down through the soil and waters the grasses and the plants below as well. I know when that water starts to come out the bottom of the basket that my job is done. I can turn the water hose off. But the work is not over. After I've stopped watering, it's time for the plant to grow, or in this case, to heal if it can. And when the plant heals and grows, then ultimately the plant will produce. You see, God's word is always meant to be transforming and life-giving. And it's always going to challenge us. It's going to demand our time and our attention and our effort. Just because we are water doesn't mean that the work is done. Like the ancient Israelites, we go through the motions and even play the part well, but when we find ourselves in this cycle, moving toward getting comfortable with things and then maybe feeling apathetic and, yes, lazy and so forth, is it not God's word that calls us back to task again? The prophet Isaiah speaks clearly here. If you look back in your bulletin, the people are receiving the water flowing down. But look at verse 9. They're receiving, but they're still speaking ill of others. They're pointing blame at others. Verse 10, they're not doing their part in feeding the hungry or caring for those who are afflicted. You see, these are the things, this is the new growth in us that is needed so that all of us, all of us can go out with joy and be led forth in peace. As those watered, it's then our opportunity to open up a pathway of salvation for others. For then maybe they can too take delight in the Lord. And Jesus knew this, and he was not afraid to break old patterns or accepted routines of the day. He knew the word. He was steeped in it. And he offered its grace to the crippled woman in our story. He was aware of her hurts, her pain, her affliction. And knowing that it was the Sabbath when we delight in the Lord, knowing that it is also a day of liberation, a time not to be selfish, but to put aside our selfish ways, he reached out to her, and he opened up a future for her that wasn't so bleak. We, too, are to be like a watered garden, steeped in the word, and therefore primed for growth, for transformation. You may not be able to kill, cure someone of any illness, but 
I promise that there are ways that you can demonstrate that the word has transformed you and you can then break from that old cycle that doesn't really produce new life. This week, I know we got a call from Brenda and Bonnie. They need volunteers in the food pantry. It's a big job with just a few people helping out. And the food pantry is feeding hungry people on this island. And you can too. I know that we are also in need of volunteers at the Good Samaritan Clinic. The clinic offers free medical care to anyone, no matter what, anyone who needs it. But along with the physicians comes paperwork and answering the phones and welcoming people into the office and praying with people there waiting. And yes, we even do need new medical providers. You can do that too. And what about in your personal living? Who might you be pointing the finger at before you remove the log from your own eye? Who have you spoken of harshly lately? And how can your watered living amend those ways and seek reconciliation in these relationships? We are like a watered garden soaked through in God's word. And in order to grow, we must break these patterns to become the people that God, God has already called us to be. So today, may these words of the prophet and the healing that Jesus offers the crippled woman and all of us, may these words take root as we break our routines to become more aware of those hurts and hungers and hardships all around us. And as we grow to become stewards in this world that is in great need of the salvation that only Jesus offers. May it be so. Amen. Friends, may we stand together now and declare our faith in the Lord. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. May we bow together.
creator God, hear our prayers of protection, protection for all the little ones climbing aboard yellow school buses, backpacks full of sack lunches and books and hopes for the new year ahead. Shelter our young, O oh God, as they leave their homes and their parents embrace. Guide them in their schools so that their minds are filled with knowledge, their hearts with affirmation, and their selves with esteem and confidence. Here, too, are prayers of provision, provision for the grieving, the lost, the lonely, the sick, and the poor. Provide for the survivors of world's violence. Provide for those who live and relive trauma. Provide shelter for refugees and escapees of war, famine, floods, and wildfires. Provide food for the hungry of stomach and soul. And here are prayers of protest against injustice. Help us to interrogate our systems and the leaders who build them. Help us expose bias and confront structures that privilege few and oppress many. Help us resist greed. Turning from temptations to overconsume, to hoard and inevitably destroy. And here are prayers of petition. Petition for those who we love and those in need. Those who we lift now in silence in this moment. Glorious God, you deserve all our honor and praise. Grateful for your attention and your presence with us in prayer, hear us now as we collectively pray the prayer Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <coughs> the Spirit of God works through us, speaking hope through the words of Scripture. And the mercy of Christ works within us, healing neighbors through our actions in Christ's name. So now let us freely give of our time, our treasure, and our talent for the work of God's church in the world.
Generous God, you have blessed us throughout our lives. Take these offerings and every gift we give and use them to show others the breadth of your unfailing love. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is Light Dawns on a Weary World. Friends, stand tall and walk in Christ's peace. Speak up and tell of God's goodness. Touch and heal with the Spirit's love today and always. Go in peace. <laughs>